have the iced coffee flowing through the veins. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Here we go. You didn't scare me. You're you're enjoying your iced coffee and the morning show, and you're dancing your way in. So that's, that's great. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to cough. I have a nice autumn cold. Welcome to fall, everybody. I caught the cold that's going around uh, North Dallas, and I'm gonna try to kick this thing as we get ready to go into the conference. Speaking of today is the day that the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference kicks off. We'll be kicking off this evening and going through the weekend. And so we just invite everyone to pray for everybody who's coming to this conference to get this special training in post-Row America. We are so, so excited about this program. It is 40 plus speakers, 40 plus sponsors. I cannot wait for people to partake, partake of all of this incredible information as they look to save lives and end abortion in their community. So Nate, are you excited? Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to kick off our conference this evening um, here in Dallas, Texas. So it's going to be a great and a really great time this weekend. You know, I think that what's so important about this conference is the ability to not just be equipped and trained and really get so much more in-depth, great information, but to be together, right? You know, last year at the conference, we heard so many people just so grateful to be together and to be able to collaborate in person, spend some time together and, and just really be able to have that time, um, you know, gathered around the table. So it's going to be great. Yeah. You know, there were so many people that walked up to me last year and literally said, if they didn't say this was the best conference they had ever been to, they said, this is one of the best conferences they had ever been to. I mean, people said, that the conference last year was life-changing, ministry-changing. No kidding. We're not making this up, right? And we we came out of that conference saying, we need to do this again. Or, you know, how are we going to build on what was such an incredible event already? But I think that we did it this year. I, I'm looking at what's ahead over the, the coming weekend. And I've never been more excited about a conference program. So again, we know that so many of you can't join us this weekend you're in our hearts. You're in our prayers. We're all together as this army of light marching forward in post row America. So you're a part of this. In, in some way, you're a part of this, whether you're going to be physically with us or not. And of course, for those who are coming, we can't wait to see you. Can't wait to pour into you. Can't wait to help you to brainstorm more about how you can reach hearts and minds uh, in post row America. So there's still a lot of work to do. I don't need probably don't need to tell anybody that, right? Uh, whether you're in an abortion destination, abortion tourist state, or you're in an abortion restricted state, there's still a lot of work to do. Women are still leaving our communities for the next nearest abortion facility. And so we've got a long way to go before abortion is unthinkable, but we are definitely making progress, right? So that's right. So good. Yeah. Um, well, we have a very special interview today. I'm going to go ahead and spoil it and tell you who we're interviewing. So um, it's so appropriate that this is the person we're interviewing for this show, the day that the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference kicks off, because other than national team members, this is the person who's going to be speaking the most this weekend. And it's because we love her. She's so full of incredible information and experience. That is Kelly Lester. She coordinates outreach and uh, governmental affairs for 
pro-love ministries and and then there were none abortion worker ministry so more officially everybody howdy good morning welcome to another edition of wake up to life with lauren and nate your favorite pro-life morning show once again i'm laura musica president and ceo of sidewalk advocates for life and i'm nate robertson vice president of sidewalk advocates for life and what a great joy it is to join you this and every friday as we continue to talk about what's going on in the pro-life world how do we continue to change hearts and minds on this most important issue of our times the cause of life that's right prayer news victory story tip special interview devotional more prayer we always say it's all right here folks all right <laughs> as i go into a coughing fit uh before we go any further Let's start off the best way with a word of prayer. Nate, you want to lead us? Sounds good. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together again. God, we thank you for the impact that the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference is going to have that kicks off this evening. God, we're just so grateful for what you are doing across the nation and um, you know, in hearts and minds regarding the life issue. God, we pray that you would bless us today, that you bless this interview this morning, that you would continue to use us to be your hands and feet everywhere that you have called us, that we would continue to help women and men know that there is support for them during and after their pregnancy, and that there is no need for an abortion. God, that abortion would become truly unthinkable in the hearts and minds of those all around us. God, we thank you for what you have done, what you will continue to do. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. Okay, here's our headline of the week. We're going to give you a couple of state updates here in post-row America. What's going on in the post-row landscape? So we're going to start with Idaho and then move to Ohio, which is like on everybody's lips these days, especially as they approach a big vote uh, as far as their abortion law. So beginning with uh, Idaho first. Uh, the appeals court lifted the partial block on the Idaho abortion ban. So a federal appeals court has lifted a lower court ruling that prevented the state of Idaho from enforcing aspects of its near total ban on abortion. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals issued an order Thursday granting Idaho officials request to put the injunction against the law on hold while the state appeals the lower judge's decision. So that's kind of what's going on in Idaho. And that was actually like a week ago Thursday, right? So that's good news in Idaho. Then in Ohio, the Ohio Supreme Court battle over the six-week abortion ban just began. So abortion rights supporters and foes squared off in the Ohio Supreme Court on Wednesday, or a week ago Wednesday, over whether the state should be allowed to ban abortion as early as six weeks into pregnancy. Arguments in the case arrived just weeks before Ohio will become the only state in the United States to vote directly on abortion in 2023. On November 7th, voters will have a chance to decide whether to enshrine abortion rights in the state's constitution. If the Ohio Supreme Court rules to reinstate the state's six-week ban, which is currently paused, it could throw the election and abortion providers across the Midwest into chaos. First passed in 2019, before the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and abolished the national right to abortion, the six-week ban was put on hold. But once Roe fell last year, the ban snapped into place. Then last fall, a lower court in Ohio agreed to freeze the six-week ban. Now the state Supreme Court will take up the case with a focus on procedural questions about the limits of the Ohio government and the abortion provider's legal authority. So there you go. A lot going on still in post-Roe America. We've got still a little bit of that state whiplash. Again, we expected this from some of the states. There's good news in Idaho. 
All eyes are on Ohio as they get ready to vote on November 7th. They're voting on whether or not to enshrine abortion rights in the state's constitution. That is a very big and serious vote, especially for swing state Ohio. And then meanwhile, they're hashing out this six-week abortion ban that's on the books. And so there's a question about how those will work together and you know what the state will ultimately look like in the coming days, right? But for right now, we kind of wanted you to know just a little bit more of what's going on in the landscape. Ohio really needs a lot of prayers. You know, we're, we're talking to people on the ground, like, for example, <clears throat> uh, Peter over at Ohio Right to Life. And Peter, you know, is uh, at the helm of that organization, working really hard to educate people about how confusing this uh, uh, provision is as far as voting goes. It's the same thing that we saw in Michigan where people really didn't know what they were voting for. So they're having to do a lot of education in the state so that people don't accidentally, so to speak, uh, vote in abortion until the point of birth. So there's a lot to keep vigil for here. Very interesting, never a dull moment in post-Roe America, Nate. So uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what's going on in a couple of these states as we march forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, as we've talked about, we expected that there would continue to be some back and forth for a little bit as the legislative process and the judicial process kind of worked its way together, right, in these states. So it's great to see what is happening in, in Idaho, that they are lifting part of that block, right, and they'll continue to have those discussions there. Ohio is, you know, very interesting and very um, complex, I guess you would say right now. You know, this is a great step by the Ohio Supreme Court to be taking up this case. But the timing, honestly, in my own opinion, seems a little bit odd that it's so close now to this election when there will be a decision whether Ohio will have abortion rights enshrined in its constitution. And as you said so well, you know, there's a lot to be concerned about, about the Ohio um, election and this initiative. The initiative is confusing. Ballot initiatives typically are. The way that they are worded is not always easy for people to understand. And we need pro-lifers and really even those in the in the middle, even those middle-minded folks in Ohio, we need you to understand that enshrining abortion in Ohio's constitution means removing all parental rights for notification regarding abortion. It, it means that there's going to be greater harms to women. We need to be looking at the realities of compassion towards women, making sure that parent parental notification stays in place, and making sure that there is protection for Ohio's most innocent among them. So, you know, a lot going on there in Ohio as that is happening. And, you know, I think we're going to continue to see this with some of the other states. We're still waiting on decisions in both Utah and Florida from their state Supreme Courts on other issues regarding um, abortion legislation in those states. So definitely more to come. It's really important that we all remain vigilant and continue to be in prayer regarding what is happening in each of these states, whether it is in the legislatures or in, in their state Supreme Courts. So Right, right. Couldn't have said it better, Nate. So we will continue to pray for Ohio. Again, good news in Idaho, and we'll continue to keep vigil. Um, so many of our sidewalk advocates, even though it's not part of our mission, they're involved in legislative advocacy in their state. They go to the Capitol. They're talking to their ele elected representatives. They're educating their friends and neighbors. And so, you know, even with the people who are going to be at our conference this weekend, um, they're not just going to be learning how to go to the sidewalk and, you know, affect, continue to affect change in powerful ways. They're also going to be learning how they change culture in their backyard and even how they 
at referendums like this, right? So anyways, um, there's going to be a lot of really good information uh, in that regard at our conference as well, even indirect uh, information and education uh, in this regard. So, all right, well, we'll keep mar marching forward and yeah, lots to, lots to continue to pray over. So thanks so much, Nate. Um, all right, well, I've got the victory story this week. So this was a couple Fridays ago that our team member, our national team member, Melissa, went to Livonia, Michigan, and she was on the sidewalk with one of our valiant longtime leaders, Kathy. And Kathy is just this incredible, persevering saint on the sidewalk. Um, I know that she has dealt with a lot of really difficult things at her particular site, difficult abortion center escorts and blasting music and people getting in her, her way and trying to cut her off from just handing information to the women who are going in. And uh, so Melissa went out one Friday to support her and be with her on the sidewalk. And what was so beautiful was they were able to reach out to this family, this young family who was going into the abortion facility to consider consider uh, aborting, I believe it was like their second or third child. And uh, when they were inside, the abortion facility had the audacity to offer them a discount. <laughs> I can't even get my mind around that, right? I mean, I literally have heard about this through some of the women that we've helped that sometimes when a woman is, for example, pregnant with twins, they'll literally tell them, hey, it's buy one, get one free. We'll, uh, I'm not even making this up. Like, we'll give you... Uh, the, the price of one abortion to abort your twins. Isn't that so nice of them, right? I don't know that this was the case here. Uh, my understanding is this was just, you know, one baby, but <laughs> can the audacity that they have to offer her a discount on her abortion, how desperate do you have to be to take the life of a child, right? So anyways, this, this family came out, received information, received support and care from Melissa and Kathy, and they ended up choosing life and going to the Pregnancy Resource Center. It's just a very simple story. It's happening every single day on the sidewalk here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. There's at least a half a dozen children that are saved in the ministry every single day. And so to God be the glory for this great victory, this may be like baby save number, I don't know, 21,200 or something like that. We've lost count. And that's that's for good reason, right? God is doing so much. But Anyways, if you just have a, a moment to give God praise for this uh, additional life that has been spared, please pray for this family as they continue to, to move forward uh, in joy and choosing life. Uh, such a great story. So. Such a great, great story. It was such an amazing moment for Melissa and Kathy as they were having that moment on that Friday and being able to share that with all of us. You know, it is just so great to see what continues to happen when people just reach out simply right? Being well-trained and reaching out simply, being the hands and feet of Christ right there on the sidewalk and miracles continue to happen. So thanks, Lauren. Absolutely. So I am going to bring us our tip today. And I thought that it was really appropriate as we are starting, you know, right here at the beginning of the month of October and knowing that there is so much prayer efforts happening on the sidewalk through, th through 40 Days for Life, as well as just local communities who want to make sure to be out there praying this fall to talk about how important it is to have our prayer partners and our sidewalk advocates on the sidewalk and how we envision that looking. You know, we are so, um, you know, encouraged to have people out on the sidewalk praying as people are there also being sidewalk advocates. It's so vitally important, right? We know that prayer and advocacy is a game changer outside of facilities. 
We know that even there's reports that even just prayer alone without someone reaching out to women who are going in and out can have a dramatic change on the amount of women who go into abortion facilities. So what I want to encourage you today is to keep in mind that we want to make sure that our prayer partners and our sidewalk advocates have the space that they need to do their respective quote unquote job for the morning, right? We want to make sure that our prayer partners have the space that they need as they are spending time in prayer, whether it's corporate prayer or silent prayer quietly out there on the sidewalk. And we want to make sure that our sidewalk advocates have the space that they need to be able to interact directly with women who are driving in or walking up to a facility. So it's really important to think about what does that spacing look like? You know, I encourage, and we at Sidewalk Advocates for Life encourage, that if you have a driveway entrance, you have maybe two or three, maybe four advocates right there around that driveway who are prepared and ready to reach out to women and, and men who are driving in, making sure that they have their materials nearby, whether that's gift bags or whether that's literature, but that we make sure that it's not super crowded around that entrance, right? So that they have the opportunity to interact and so that it doesn't feel overwhelming to those women and men who are driving in. If you're at a, a sidewalk where it's more of a walk-up setup, you also want to be mindful of that, right? You want to make sure that those who are doing sidewalk advocacy, who are directly reaching out to women, women and men who are walking up, have the space that they need to do that, and also are pro providing a little bit of that safety to those women and men walking up so that they don't feel overwhelmed by a crowd of people also praying. So as you are encouraging your community to come out and spend time out on the sidewalk in prayer, keep in mind what it means to make sure that everyone has adequate space and that everybody is working well together so that we can be as effective as possible on the sidewalk in making sure that our prayer presence is there, but also making sure that we are reaching out to men and women effectively. So there's my tip for today. Love it. What a good thorough tip. It's so important, right? The approach, um, how we're able to engage. Uh, it's part It's part of winning on the sidewalk, right? So right. thank you so much, Nate. So good. All right. Well, it is time for our special interview. Um, I always promise a drum roll. So I'm, I'm, I'm such a cheesy host. <laughs> Come on, Andrew. Do we have the drum roll? There we go. Welcome to the show. Kelly Lester. She coordinates outreach and government engagement for Prolove Ministries. And then, then there were none. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Good morning. I am really well. So glad to be with two of my truly favorite people in the world. Oh, well, right back at you. We are so That's excited right. to have you back to the show. Uh, I don't think we've had you on since we added the podcast component, right? So I don't think so. Yeah. That's That's, we're going on week six of that now, I believe, about week six. So wow. anyways, I had in the back of my mind, we wanted to have you back on here pretty quickly. But um, again, it, it makes sense because you're going to be the person, aside from any one of our national team members, speaking the most at the National Sidewalk Advocacy Conference this Friday. I remember looking at your speaker sheet and I was like, wow, we signed her up for a lot. And it's because you're just this wealth of information and experience. So when you look at everything that's going to be going on this weekend and, you know, as somebody too, who, you know, has been through an abortion experience and someone who has worked for the abortion industry in light of all of that, what are you most excited about sharing with everyone this weekend? Well, you, Lauren, you guys said earlier that 
a lot of people said this is their favorite conference and I agree. It is one of my absolute favorite conferences. And so I'm excited just to be with everybody. Um, but I think, you know, the topics that I'm going to share on to pick one, um, adapting your outreach in a post row landscape for me is really exciting. Um, and then the, also the scenario based training. So I think now we are realizing more than ever. I think both of those are going to be somewhat similar that yeah. what we were doing five years ago, 10 years ago is not what we're doing now. What we were doing two right. years ago really, um, is not what we were doing now. And in some States it changes week to week, you know, like you were saying that the legislative stuff is, is going back and forth. And so we have to be on our toes and we have to be adapting to the current landscape that we are dealing with. Um, and so I think any tools to help people with that um, is, is, is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, you know, I, I really want to just spend a moment on something you just said, what we're doing five or 10 years ago is not what we need to be doing today. It's not to say that, I mean, we know principles don't change, but tactics have to, right? And so when we take note of who the millennial and the Gen Z woman is, when we take note of just, again, in the ever-changing landscape between our different states, I mean, our, our, you know, we reorganized our whole programs department after Roe and Casey were overturned because we need to understand state law and the particular nuances of that state law and how that affects the women who are walking in you know, what reaches women today is not necessarily what reached them 10 and 20 years ago, right? So yeah. I want everybody to keep in, that in mind, especially as this conversation continues and, you know, we're going to be, um, and we're going to be further unpacking that during the weekend, right? Because we have to be adaptable in post-Roe America. Um, I want to be the type of leader that I have enough humility that I, if there's something out there that's working better in reaching hearts and minds, I want to be doing it, Right want to be doing it. For sure. Yeah. And I so. think Lauren, you know, you have done that. I've been affiliated with sidewalk advocates for life for, I think three or four years now. And just in the time that I've been affiliated with you guys, I've seen you revise your training yeah. um, several times, I think once. And then again, after the post row. And so, you know, that shows, first off, it shows a great leader and your leadership is amazing. It shows a, a team that really cares about our, about our nation and about the people that are, are serving with you. Um, and you guys do such a great job of equipping people. And so I'm, I'm just so excited to be a part of really anything that you do. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Kelly. You know, we are so grateful that God has given us this space and we continue to use it right in the best way we can to be the most effective we can on the sidewalk. You know, there's been a lot going on in the pro-life movement right now, um, especially regarding a, a handful of people who've been recently charged under and now convicted under the FACE Act for barricading an abortion facility. You know, it's reported that they use bike locks, ropes, and chains back in 2020. You know, you've been one of those people who has said that it really is sad that pro-lifers are going to jail instead of abortionists. But at the same time, that this method called modern-day rescue um, really isn't saving lives. So could you um, uniquely speak to your insights as you know a former worker of the industry and a woman who experienced abortion regarding this approach and maybe the detriment um, that it has had? Yeah, I think, Nate, it really is such a, a sad state that these pro-life um, advocates are going to jail. Um, and we have abortion doctors and, and people that are bombing pregnancy resource centers that there's only been two arrests out of the 90 bombings that have been. So it is definitely sad that these people are, are going to jail. 
However, they broke the law and they knew it. And I think, you know, one of Sidewalk Advocates' primary things is law abiding, and they were not law abiding. Um, and if we expect abortion providers and, and people that are, you know, on the other side to abide the law, then we should do more than we are expecting of them. So that's the first thing that I, that I say. Um, secondly, it's really frustrating for those of us who are former abortion workers to not be heard in this conversation. Mm. Because if you asked any former abortion worker if this would have stopped abortions in their facility, they would tell you 100% no. It may have delayed it for a day. It may have paused it for an hour. But there was already a protocol in place when something like this happened, what to do. And oftentimes that was to take the patients into a back room or that was to pause for a several hours. But even if those were delayed, the next step was to call and rebook either at your facility or another facility. And so to think that this did anything to stop, it may have paused those women that day, but the difficulty with it, or, or the, the bigger thing is, it is raising awareness for the pro-abortion side that these crazy pro-lifers are doing it. So now all of those women, Lauren, you talked earlier about giving a discount for an abortion. I can guarantee you that all of those women that had their abortion scheduled that day did not pay a dollar to have their abortion. Because wow. I guarantee you that they raised that the pro-abortion side, that NARAL or whatever they're calling themselves now, that they raised enough money because of this incident to pay for all of those women's abortions. And so we're not having the effect. We are hurting our sidewalk advocates, which you all know. We are hurting the women that are going in there because we're not actually saving them. And we are emboldening and empowering the abortion workers to continue doing what they're doing because they feel like they are being attacked. And, you know, if, if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you shouldn't eat that chocolate cake. It's not good for you. You might listen to them, but if somebody comes up and snatches the chocolate cake out of your hand, you're going to be like, give me back my chocolate cake. And yeah. so that is what we are doing with these Red Rose Rescues or the, you know, whatever the they're calling them now. Um, and so there is a better way. We know of the better way. We know the better way to do it, that no one is being harmed. No one is being emboldened. No one is being funded. And so why we are not doing that, I don't, I don't understand. And I really think that it's sad um, that these people that are doing it are not listening to those of us that know. I think that that is so huge right there, Kelly. Like that is for me, that was like, the the i can't even i don't can't even put words on it like the most monumental argument for me as to why this doesn't work number 1 you guys have over 600 workers who have left the abortion industry and now part of their healing journey is to help end abortion right is to help save lives and end abortion so they have a vested interest in this you might even say they've got a passion for ending abortion and there's not one worker in your organization who thinks that this is a good idea, that this is actually going to save lives and shut down abortion facilities and end abortion in a community. And that is, to me, the most convincing argument. If the very people who sold abortion to women, who saw women turn around, who saw what worked with women 
when, you know, there were people outside, what it was that that was said to them, uh, the prayer presence that that obviously had an effect on them, right? If not one of these workers who was in that place before it is, is if they are not supporting this, that's huge to me. And even if you could make an argument, like, let's just go there and say that from a natural law perspective, right? Because we've heard this argument that, you know, these boundary lines don't exist. We're not, it's not okay to use God's green earth to take the lives of innocent children. I'm on board with that. I understand that, you know, theoretically, you could make a natural law argument and say, well, I should be able to walk in there. I should be able to cross that line. But what I go back to is that in this day and age of school shootings, as soon as you cross that line and you go inside and you've got chains and bike locks and ropes and you're in the face of a woman who's in crisis, people who are in trauma and you are barricading, you are blocking, even if you have you know, professedly said, <laughs> even if you've professed to be peaceful while you're doing this, right? It's still, when you look at the entire thing, I don't see how anybody will change their minds. And actually that's what's happened is they only know of one woman that got up and walked out the door and said, I'm keeping my baby. But there's reason to believe from the circumstances surrounding this, that she just wanted to get out of the situation, <laughs> told them what they wanted to hear. Right. And then there was another um, moment where when they were in court over one of these um, law-breaking approaches and incidents, that the abortion facility director was on the stand and said, well, you know, 12 women didn't go through with their abortions that day. And they said, oh, victory, there were a dozen babies saved, right? And I, I'm, I'm you know, estimating the number that, that were there that day. Um, but what they're missing is that there's a protocol in the abortion industry. There's a culture that at the very least, that you call those women and you reschedule them, if not at that facility, at the next nearest one. And Abby Johnson has said that in every scenario with this, they they have done that. Yeah. And so anyways, I could go on and on about this, but I think that your voice, the voice that and then there were none, I really hope that people hear because we all want to save lives. We all want to end this, this scourge on our nation, Right. But whose voice are we listening to? Are we listening to, to you know, ours, our, our skewed, you know, perspective about what we wish, what we hope would work? Yes, I would love to march in there and throw up some, some chains and bike locks and ropes and, and hope that I've changed 12 people's minds, right, that day. But that's not typically how it works, right? So anyways, I could go on and on, but... I think your voice is just so needed in this discussion right now. And I hope people understand that we're sad that pro-life people are going to jail, that we're sad that the right people are not going to jail. But at the same time, we're looking at this and we're saying, if we want to save lives and end abortion, this is not moving the needle, right? Yeah, I think, Lauren, again, not to toot <clears throat> sidewalk advocates for life's horn, but you know that's one of the reasons why you all are so successful at what you do is yeah. because you recognize that you are not an abortion worker. You, you know, recognize yeah. that you are not a woman with, or a team necessarily with an abortion experience. And so you spoke to those people to find out what was most effective because none of us are doing this for fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. None of us are out here doing this because we're just looking for something to do. Cause I know I have plenty that I could do. We're right. doing this and this, the people that got arrested, same thing. They are doing this because they believe that it's the right thing. 
But yeah. it's not, we want to be the most effective and we want to be effective at what we're doing. Otherwise, it, there's lots of things that we could be doing. And so you all have done such a great job of researching those methods, what works, what doesn't work, talking to former abortion workers, talking to women who've had abortions to find out the best way to do this. And that's why it works because yeah. that is what yeah. you're doing. Um, so, you know, I just, again, appreciate so much what you do and, and want to encourage everyone to listen that this method works. It works. It's shown to work. We, you've seen the numbers of babies and women whose lives have been saved. And so don't go crazy and do some fad thing just because it seems exciting because it may be exciting, but it doesn't work and you could go to jail. So stick with what, <laughs> stick with what yeah. If it's I mean, state broke, right? don't fix it, right? Right. I mean, uh, yeah. If you're going to go to federal prison for something, boy, oh boy, you better have something to show for it. Yeah. I mean, and that's what scares me is these 20 year olds are being recruited and they're not being told that they may never be able to adopt a child or they may have trouble getting a job. They won't be able to enter certain countries as a felon. They may Get not be able to a, a firearm. What's yeah. that? Get housing. A lot of get housing. Housing I mean, won't allow you. Mm -hmm. This is a big deal. This yeah. is a big deal. So you know, and Abby Johnson, to her credit, has said, if I was walking in there and doing this, and half the women were getting up and walking out without or with me, let's have a conversation about this, right? right. But even then, former Planned Parenthood director Abby Johnson says that the last Planned Parenthood conference she went to before she came to our side of the fence. They told her that when there's a peaceful, prayerful presence, outreach presence in front of their facilities, that the cancellation rate, the no-show rate has gone as high as 75%. And we're not going to always know about all those victories this side of heaven. So if we want something that works, it's here. We're doing it. And you're not going to get media attention for it. And it's not going to be flashy. And it's not always going to feel good, you know? But that's the thing. We don't do this because it feels good or it feels productive all right. the time. We do it because we know it works, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so. I think taking the the director of this of the facility that you know was in court, her saying yeah. that those twelve appointments did not happen that day. Of course, she's going to say that because she's trying to prosecute the people that came in. She's not going to say they didn't happen that day, but we did rebook them later on. You know what I mean? She's not going to do <laughs> right. that. So taking her word like to say, oh, they didn't happen that we just know that that's not the reality. That's yeah. definitely not, not what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, Kelly, we could talk to you all day. We're so excited about having you right. this weekend. Um, how can people get in touch with you online? If they want to follow you pro love ministries, and then there were none, where do they go? So if they go to prolove.com, that will take you to, and then there were none's landing a little bit. And then there were none's landing page and Pro Love Ministries landing page. And so you can follow both organizations that way. And then for me, um, you can go to my Facebook page, Kelly Lester, and follow me as I travel around the country. Maybe I'm coming to a, a city near you. <laughs> yeah, you're a, you speak a lot around the nation. I, I, I hear you're one of the top speakers for Ambassadors Speakers Bureau, right? Yeah, last yeah. week I was in Florida and I was in Texas. So I was uh, near both of you. Awesome. That's great. great. That's great. Thomas Land in great. Swing State, Florida. Nate yeah. gets mad when I say that. He claims that Florida is not, not a swing state. Come on. <laughs> Here we go. It's no longer a swing we'll state. See. Thank we'll you, Kelly. This has been such a great interview with you today. We cannot wait for this weekend. It's going to be a great time. Thanks, okay. guys. I'm so excited. Yeah. So good. Yep. Thanks, Kelly. See you soon. Bye bye. Oh, yeah. Bye. So good. Such a oh, good, great. good discussion. Good things to think about.
Um, I, I just really encourage everybody, if you ever have an opportunity to sit down and have a cup of coffee with a former abortion worker, it will blow your mind. You'll learn so much. You'll learn so much about um, the industry and about what's working, what works, what doesn't work, right? Um, we need to be listening to these folks who used to sell abortion to women, because I think it's one of the keys that unlocks the end to abortion, right? Yeah, okay. it really does. I mean, they are they are incredible um, people who have great experience um, with such um, experience that changes lives. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, yes, their experiences have been really tough in many instances, right? But their yeah. experience and now they're living their life out on this side of, of the movement is really um, life changing to so many. So yeah. definitely encourage you to spend some time with a former abortion worker when you can. Yeah. So thanks, Lauren. So I'm going to give us a scripture today, and then we will close out with prayer before we end our show today. Um, today, I wanted to reference Psalm 37, verse 3 through 5. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act. Wow. Powerful words from Psalm 37 today. I encourage you to, to read you know these verses again, read the whole chapter, that whole psalm, um, maybe even read more um, in the book of Psalms today if you have time. Spend some time meditating and praying. But what I want to just highlight here is that it's just so clear that we must trust in the Lord and we must continue to do good. That as we as we do that, and as we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. That as we commit ourselves to the ways of the Lord and trust him, he will act. You know, it's just so important that we remember that he has a plan. He is inviting us to be a part of that plan. And as we trust him and as we are a part of that plan, we can't, we can't fail. We can't lose. We, we will always see victory in some way or another as we continue to trust him, commit ourselves to him, believe that he is able to do the things that he has said he will do. And this scripture is pretty clear that as we delight ourselves in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. That as we commit ourselves to him and trust him, he will act on our behalf. So this morning, I just encourage you to read that, reflect on that, spend some time in prayer med meditation over this scripture as we continue to do the work that God has called us to. And with that in mind, if you would pray with me as we get ready to close out the show. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this great opportunity to be together again today. God, we thank you for all of the great things that are happening throughout this great movement. God, we thank you for Cyborg Advocates for Life and the National Cyborg Advocacy Conference that's kicking off um, later today. God, we thank you for Kelly Lester and Pro-Life Ministries and Anna There Were None and everything that is going on um, in reaching out to abortion workers and providing them with hope and help to leave the industry. God, we pray that you would continue to guide our sidewalk advocates um, even this weekend as they are on sidewalks across America. And God, that you would continue to give women and men the sign that they are looking for of help and hope as they are seeking an abortion appointment. God, we're just so grateful for the now over 21,000 lives that you have allowed us to be a part of and rescuing them from the from the plight of abortion, from the abortion industry. And God, we thank you for the 50 abortion facilities now that have shut down and the many workers, I think almost 90 workers now that have left the industry 
after interacting with a sidewalk advocate. God, we give you glory and honor and praise for all the things you have done and continue to believe you for continuous miracles in our midst as we just walk out what you've called us to. Continue to bless us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Nate. What a great show. And thank you all for hanging in there while I cough for <laughs> some of you. I've been trying to hit the mute button and you see me cough at, at the very least. We're going to get through this and I'm hopeful maybe we'll kick this here as we get ready to go into the weekend. But, um, you know, I, the, the message that I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to share as we close this show is to be unafraid to stay open to what... What am I trying to say? It's like be unafraid to stay open to doing something better. Be unafraid to stay open to growing in ministry, right? Because if we stay where we're at and we're just convinced, no, this is the right way and we can't see anything else, I think we're going to do a lot of damage in the pro-life movement. And we have an ever-changing landscape in front of us, which means, yes, principles don't change, but tactics do. And so in light of who that millennial and Gen Z woman is, in light of this current landscape, in light of the fact that we have school shootings going on, in light of the fact that we've got mail order abortion causing drugs, pharmacy abortions coming down the pike, right? We've got so many kind of unique and novel things going on, and we've got to be adaptable as the hands and feet of Christ to serving the modern woman and family in need, right? So that's my pledge to you here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, that I'm going to be the type of leader that's trying to learn and innovate and do better so that we can continue to save lives and to end abortion community by community. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really great information in that spirit shared this weekend. And so, again, I just humbly ask for your prayers. Please pray for us as you think about it all weekend and um, pray that we do our part in equipping the saints for the next phase of this journey. So absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much, Lauren. And thank you again for all of you who have joined us today. Please join us next Friday as we look to give you another update and some encouragement in the great mission to save lives and end abortion. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great week.